0: Welcome to the College Sports Insider, presented by the NCAA and Champion Magazine. I'm Jack Ford. So all of us throughout the course of our lives have often said, if I only had more sleep, I could be so much more productive. Well, imagine if you are a college athlete and if, if you can go back to times when you were younger and remembering how you were struggling with the notion of, of performing at your highest level and still getting enough sleep, imagine that for somebody who is devoting dozens of hours a week to their sport. What's the impact? Well, we're going to talk about that with you. We are delighted to have with us today Dr. Roxanne Pritchard, who's the scientific director of the University of St. Thomas Center for College Sleep. Also, a professor, of assistant professor of neuroscience and psychology, and I think she's the right one for us to ask some of these questions to. So, Dr. Pritchard, it's really nice to have you here with us.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm thrilled
0: yeah. to be here. So, uh, let me ask you the, the, the bigger question first. Okay. And then I want to start focusing on the center, what it does, and some of the things that you've been working through it. But the, the bigger question is just how big a problem is sleep deprivation? for college student athletes
1: it's an epidemic it truly that, that is. big epidemic absolutely i'll stand by that why if we look at the data from the college students about how many hours of sleep they're getting they are in most of them a chronic state of sleep deprivation so young adults tend to need between seven and nine hours of sleep a night athletes in season need a little bit more and the average hours of sleep a lot of these athletes are getting are six or fewer
0: Part of that, I imagine, and you tell me if I'm wrong, I'm going back to my own college days, and part of that, I imagine, may well be cultural in the sense that you kind of go into college thinking all-nighters and, you know, I have my fourth meal of the day at midnight right. so that I don't go to sleep until two o'clock. And, right. and then I just get up and, and I just power through it all. Is, is that a significant part of the problem, that sort of cultural mindset that we have about, co- not just for college athletes, but just for college students in general?
1: That certainly is part of it. And, and what we see when we look at kind of who's staying up the latest, it's the first year students who are staying up the latest. They are. And the seniors are going to bed the Earliest and did getting did that sleep. surprise you when you found out um, that? When you saw that? Not, not really. Thinking about to my own days as a, <laughs> as a student and the fear of missing out and just wanting to be involved in everything everywhere. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's a lot of excitement and not a lot of skills yet developed around optimal practices for time management. So. I think it's the first-year students who often end up going to bed the latest and waking up the earliest because they're the last to pick classes, so they get stuck with the seven thirty labs and the eight a.m. philosophies. No All offense right. to a philosophy.
0: <laughs> no. So, so we've sort of set the parameters for the problem. Right. right now, let's let's focus in a little bit and let's let's talk about the center, um, the 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 Center for College Sleep. How did that come about?
1: Well. My research, so I'm a neuroscientist by training, and so I study the sleeping brain, the sleeping mind, what happens when you don't get enough sleep. Um, I teach in the psychology and neuroscience program at St. Thomas, and my research has always been around sleep. Once I started teaching full-time, I just noticed how tired and exhausted students were and how that was negatively impacting their health, their mental health, their happiness in ways that they didn't have a lot of insight into. Right? So if you're hungry, you know you're hungry. Right. When you're sleepy, you don't have insight usually that you're sleep deprived.
0: why, why isn't that? Because I, you'll be yawning right, and your head'll be, head run- will be yawning. your eyes are drooping, your head is dropping on the you're table. Irritable. Why don't you say to yourself this must mean I'm sleep deprived?
1: Because this is what a lot of students coming out of high school feel is normal right. for them. They they think it's normal to be easily distracted and irritable and like always needing energy drinks or coffee to stay awake or another stimulus. So honestly, many of the students I work with don't know what it's like to go to bed and sleep until they're done sleeping for like a week in a row. They just haven't experienced that throughout their days as a high school student and certainly not in college.
0: Let me take you back to something you just said, and then we'll come back to the center. You mentioned about high school kids. Right. So is, is that where this starts, do you think? I mean, so it becomes uh, a natural continuum for them into college?
1: It's hard to say where it starts. American culture is a sleep-deprived one. So we don't value sleep as much as other cultures do. What do you think right?
0: that? What do you think that is? Well,
1: I don't know, some sort of American industriousness or or the cell phones go 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 go.
0: You could be you could be being productive rather productive than productive round s- the clock. Sleep is not considered a productive activity?
1: Right. Uh, I mean, even if you're not very efficient, at least you're right. productive, right? <laughs> right, right. Uh, so, um I don't, I, I don't want to say it's a high school problem, mm-hmm. but high school starting so early definitely exacerbate it.
0: Yeah. So, so you now get high school students getting mm-hmm. into college. They are used to this, this routine, if you right. will, this absence of sleep routine. Right. They get into college. As you and I mentioned, now it's – I'm a college student now. Right. I'm really not going to get any sleep. Right. That, that um, in, in some ways enhances or exacerbates this problem. So let's get us back to the center now. So you're right. teaching. You've 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 focused on that for more than a decade. And right. I'm teaching courses on sleeping. So so how does the center now come into so
1: existence? Um, about ten years ago, uh, the director of our wellness center, Bertie Cunningham, approached me and said, "Hey, sleep is one of the issues that we find correlating with alcohol, with mental health, with stress." With illness, with everything, if when we look really closely at our data, sleep shows up as a predictor variable for almost all of our student health concerns.
0: Was, were you surprised to find that?
1: Uh, me personally?
0: No, no because, because I've spent it's what the last, you do. Yeah, that's but what I do. But it sounds like other people were but surprised But other people are
1: like, huh. And then um, Bertie at the time said, look, there's not very much health promotion programming at that time about how – How sleep is. And a lot of the researchers who study sleep don't want to study sleep in college students because they're not regular, right? You're getting a sleep-deprived person to begin with. So we um, got together to figure out what can we do when we started actually working with our athletic teams um, to see if we can change the culture of sleep. What can we do regarding messaging, regarding programming, regarding policy, regarding assessment to see if we can get students sleeping better and realizing the importance of sleep?
0: So the the center gets started. Take me through how, practically speaking, the center functions.
1: Sure. Well, um, our main goal is to be sort of an outward-facing resource for other colleges and universities to go to when they're looking for either research or assessment tools or programming ideas to improve sleep on their campus. So. Um, Certainly, we have worked directly with athletes and student groups to talk about, okay, here's how to get better sleep. But we really want to think at the macro level about what can we do to make it so that at every college, if a student is having sleep problems, they know where to go. At every college, sleep is part of the intake interview. If you're coming in for counseling, if you're coming in struggling with academics, even as part of maybe the the, um, pre-performance exam for athletes, we want to ask, hey, what's your baseline sleep? Mm-hmm. So we're trying to really be a resource about how we can get that inserted into conversations so people who have the resources can help can do so.
0: I would suspect, especially at the college level, and this goes back to something you said a little bit earlier, that mo- Maybe the vast majority of students don't recognize sleep deprivation. Right. So they see how it as normal. You, how do you get them to raise their hand, to come to you or, or mm-hmm. other wellness professionals on a campus and say, you know, if, if they're drinking too much, you know, they probably at some level know that or their friends will know that. Um, if it's a drug problem, they'll know that. But if you're not getting sleep, they think that's normal. So how do you get their attention? Right.
1: Well, It's not very hard, actually. If you look at data from the National College Health Assessment about what students want information about, what they want health information on, sleep is one of the top three. And sleep is really a low stigma conversation starter. Everybody sleeps. What do you mean by that? I mean, it's awkward to say, hey, are you dealing with anxiety? Are you having depression? Are you drinking too much? Mm -hmm. It's easier to say, hey, how are you sleeping? Is it hard for you to get to sleep at night sometimes? Do you Mm -hmm. wake up a little earlier than you plan to? Um, do you feel like your sleep is restful? Mm -hmm. And sleep is a really good sort of um, indicator for your overall health, right? I can't think of a single mental health issue or even physical health issue that doesn't show up and change sleep in some way. So students want to know how to get better sleep. They recognize that the culture says, go, 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 go. But what they don't know is that the students who are performing the best, have the highest grades, are breaking most of the records, are actually the ones getting eight plus hours of sleep.
0: How do you get that message across? To them? Oh,
1: that's fun. That's where um, we work closely with Bertie Cunningham to think about um, she's more from a health promotion standpoint. Mm-hmm. What can we do with social norming mm-hmm. to get, say, some key players, um, some captains on teams saying, hey, you know what? I really started tracking my sleep. And when I went from seven and a half to eight and a half, my um, 5K time dropped 20 seconds. Right? So when you get the the athletes starting to kind of talk about it and say how much better they feel and see like, hey, I really didn't have too many injuries this season at all, that's when it kind of picks up.
0: Oh. How do you deal with then a, a student athlete who, who says, well, I, I, I think I'm not getting enough sleep, mm-hmm. right. But I just I'm just too busy. There's just nothing I can do about it. I'm sorry. It's got to I don't have enough hours in my day. Right. And it's either my grades and studying are going to suffer or my training and practice are going to suffer or I'm not going to get enough sleep. And given those three options, I'm going to grab the sorry, you're just not going to get enough sleep
1: option. So we say, can you give me a week? Can we try just a week of trying a sleep extension program? And here we can talk about some great research. So Sherry Ma um, did, did the famous study on the Stanford men's basketball team where they extended their sleep. So and, talk, talk about yeah, that. Yeah, so that this was. was a great study. They required the men's basketball team to get at least 8 to 10 hours of sleep at night. And if they didn't reach that goal, they had to take a nap. So if you had to re kind of reschedule your classes, whatever you need to do, get that sleep in. And what they did is they found um, big improvements, nine percent increase in um, field field goals and free throws, and um, it, it it was great. Their um, court and a half sprint time was lowered quite a bit. They just they had a phenomenal season, and the athletes were happier and performed much better. And so when, it, when, so when I talk to the athletes, it kind of, I mean, some athletes are interested in knowing that your time off the starting block is 17% faster yeah. when you are doing a sleep <laughs> extension, when you're getting enough
0: sleep. And that's a big number.
1: That's a huge number. And if you put that in the context of basketball, like every decision is a split second decision. If you can be second 17% faster, right. you've won the game. Right. Football players, they love the statistic. Talk, talk,
0: talk about that—that
1: that, um, your bench press is going to be 20 pounds more on when you're well rested. So, I mean, it, it varies, but if if you get people to try it, we say, look, how much more efficient can you be when you're well rested? Your homework is taking you half the time to do because you're focused enough; you're not getting distracted things seem easier when you put enough gas in your tank. And mm-hmm. so sometimes the metaphor of, like, would you go out with your cell phone in the morning 25% charged? Nope. Mm-hmm. You've got to charge 100% up. Putting Putting
0: at a level where it resonates. Yeah, yeah. It. I mean, I go back to my own days. I right, playing football in college at, at Yale back in the 70s. And I remember when I was in season, you know, you'd know, you come off the practice field, you'd come from the field house, you'd get in, you'd get your dinner, you had your, your studying to do – and my, my routine essentially became I grabbed books, got to the library, I had a great one of the reading rooms, where I were, and I sat down and I fell asleep. And <laughs> that was surprising. my routine. And yep. I'd sleep for maybe 45 minutes, however, 45 yeah. minutes, and then I'd wake up and then I'd be able to, to do my studying. But I, I couldn't do it unless right. I. I Got and I and I felt guilty about it and I said what's wrong with me you know why am I falling asleep and then I'd look around and see everybody else is falling asleep <laughs> so also in a very right. comfortable chairs in this reading room, um, but I, I, this goes back to I guess what we talked about before we talked about culture mm-hmm. right uh, culture being we're such a go go culture and it's almost embarrassing you know if if you sleep a lot you right. know, when when as you said most medical studies saying that's one of the best things you could ever do so you've got culture and then you have habit. Right Yeah, you know, so it, it for me, it, it, I, I would think that breaking those habits mm-hmm. you know and, and perhaps your, your best weapon in your arsenal is statistics. Is that what you're? I finding? mean that's
1: part of it, but then if we can get a team culture change, so mm-hmm. if we can say, let's set up a schedule, let's send you text at say 1030. Time to get ready for bed, we want you right. in like sleeping by midnight, so' just kind of putting that out there. We've worked with some teams to do that and if has that team... been
0: successful? Oh yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, like our men's soccer team had their best season ever. They kind of made it into the the final four for the first time um, once they they really started paying attention and tracking their sleep hmm. so
0: Let's go back. Cause you and I were just talking about this before we started in, in the, the podcast conversation. And it, it goes, again, back to the, the notion of high school. Mm-hmm. And I had said to you that I, I could never understand. My, my, both my children mm-hmm. um, went to a public high school. Um, and both of them started classes at like 7.20 in the morning.
1: Far too early. And,
0: and they, were, you know, they were both excellent students. They yeah. both, both uh, Daughter and son ended up being lacrosse players at Yale, so they did really well. But they were just beat up. Yeah. And and yet it seems to be so entrenched and you see studies coming out. And and when you're looking at a high school kid, what sort of sleep should high school students, not just athletes, but all high school students, what should they be getting? They are going to
1: need more like the seven to nine hours and honestly more sometimes eight to 10 hours of sleep a night. So a good rule of thumb, if you need an alarm clock to wake up, you're not getting enough sleep. And biologically, and this happens to every teen my, in the world. My
0: son needed me to get him up, not an <laughs> alarm clock. We're, right, it right. Like, it was like bang.
1: Parents are familiar with the struggle. Exactly. Your body knows when you're finished sleeping you wake up. Yeah. So uh, many states, California is one. um uh, Rhode Island is one, are kind of looking at legislation to make sure that all the high schools are in line with the CDC and Pediatric and American Medical Association recommendations to not start before 830. But it's an uphill battle.
0: If, if, you have, if we have parents who happen to be listening into mm-hmm. our conversation here and their first thought is, oh, wow, that's my, my son yeah. or daughter. What should I be doing? Let's say that they're at the high school level right, right now. What's your suggestion to them that they should be doing?
1: Um, so I would love for them to get involved and contact their school board about kind of getting start times in line with public safety and in line with the CDC and recommendations. You it's you can't make a 14-, 15-year-old go to sleep at 9, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes they'll collapse exhausted right. every once in but a while. But by choice,
0: they're not going right. to go to sleep right. at the, 9. But their go.
1: body temperature doesn't drop. Their, their uh, melatonin doesn't kind of kick in until much later in the evening. So... Uh, you can try turning out the lights mm-hmm. and taking the, um, having the cell phones kind of not in bed with, mm-hmm. with people. That helps a little bit. But the best thing, from my perspective, would be a policy change where you get high school starting later.
0: Right. If, in fact, now we have... College, let's call college level now. College level coaches or administrators who are listening into this conversation, Mm -hmm. um, and they're saying, "Wow, you know, know, they've got a whole center here Mm -hmm. at at this school. That's great. We don't have anything like that at our school." And they, their next question is So, what can we do?
1: Oh, I've got answers right, for that. Good. Yeah, yeah. So, one of the things we've developed is a questionnaire, mm-hmm. um, the college sleep questionnaire, which is customizable to every campus. And it's basically to address the need that we don't have a shared vocabulary around sleep. Um, even physicians don't get more than an hour training in sleep. A lot of counselors and academic counselors don't get training in, in like what's circadian rhythm, what's midpoint, what's sleep latency, what are the common impediments to sleep. So we wanted to create something that would really help colleges address and identify what are students' sleep needs. You know, for some students, they just need to know, okay, don't take the ADHD medicine in the afternoon, lay off the caffeine, and try to use better study habits, and here's the counselor on campus that can help. Other people might have sleep disorders and not know it. Other people might be struggling with depression and anxiety and have that be undiagnosed and interfering with their sleep and need more uh, help from counselors. So it's kind of allowing um, students to take a quick assessment on their own time, on their phones, and figure out where, where can they go on their campuses to get help and, on nine different parameters of sleep. So it could be physiological or behavioral or psychological impediments. All
0: right, and what should coaches know? about Oh, this? so
1: coaches think students, their student athletes, are sleeping a lot more than they are, and we can.
0: Oh, that's very interesting.
1: Yeah, um, thank the NCAA um, Sports Science Institute for some of the that data. So, so the coaches are thinking that the athletes are getting more sleep than they are. Um, the I ath- would want the coaches to know.
0: Is, is part of that that the athletes? Don't want to tell coaches, look, I'm not getting enough Maybe.
1: sleep. Or there's just this whole sort of, did you get good sleep the night before? Is the yeah. night before the right. game is the, the the day that's really important. So those are just an old Old myth, that And, and like again, the student-athletes might be
0: answering that question, yes, thinking, not realizing they're not getting right, good right. sleep. Right, right. So
1: they, they could be like, oh, yeah, I sleep great. I fall asleep on the bus. Uh-huh. I fall asleep, you know, <laughs> I can fall asleep anywhere. But that's actually a sign of extreme sleep deprivation. Right. right. So the, the questions that you should be asking is, like, how many hours are you getting? Are you getting it at about the same time every night? Do you feel like you need an alarm clock to wake up? Are you making – do you have snoring or sleep apnea issues? Um, do you feel like nightmares are waking up? Like what's going on with your sleep? Yeah. And, and where we're really seeing this play out is about doubling the injury rates for college athletes with bad sleep.
0: All right. That was the last question I was going to yeah. ask you is, is how other than – or in addition mm-hmm. to the notion of academic performance, um, athletic performance, I wanted to ask you about relationships to injuries.
1: Absolutely. So sleep deprivation is bad for injuries in a number of ways. One is when you're sleep deprived, your body goes into a crisis mode, like your, your physiology shifts. You're, you're more shifted to fight or flight syndrome. So you're less likely to invest in the physiological resources that do cell repair, tissue growth, et cetera. So your recovery from sort of minor injuries is slower when you're not getting good sleep. So there's that. And also, you're just clumsier, right? You're slower to react, slower to figure out where your body should be. I mean, some of these injuries are just tripping down the stairs or not paying attention and walking into a pole, right? Mm -hmm. So it could be any number of things. It doesn't need to be on the field. But for many, many reasons, some physiological, some behavioral, sleepy people are much more likely to become injured. That's both for car accidents and just walking around and playing sports.
0: Well, it, it is a fascinating field, Dr. Roxanne Pritchard. We appreciate your spending some time with us, and, and, and did a lot of teaching no. <laughs> in this last 20 minutes or so, uh, which I think is going to be helpful to a lot of people out there. Um, it, it's As we said, it's fascinating, ever-changing, and we hope that we can continue this conversation with you um, down the road. But good luck to you and to the center.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on
0: does it for this edition of College Sports Insider. We're glad you were able to join us. I'm Jack Ford. Look forward to talking with you again real soon.